following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody, it's Friday, and the Dallas Cowboys have made their selection. They have a new member on defense. Barry Church and I have been preaching defense, 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 and they went that way. We did not get the player that we thought the Cowboys would get. So welcome in. We've got a, we've got a lot to chat about here. We appreciate you joining us. Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Former Cowboys safety Barry Church, our guy Danny McRae, is still out on assignment. So Micah Parsons is the pick. The Cowboys had the 10th pick in the draft. We watched, I, I should say, I watched in horror, Barry, as Carolina <laughs> went J.C. Horn at 8. And I was like, yeah, this is good. Okay, this is good. Because I'm like, Denver, Denver at 9 will trade the pick. Somebody's going to want the quarterback, right? Justin Fields yeah. is available. They, Chicago can come up here. So there will be a quarterback at 9, and Sertan is at 10. And my, my, my dream went downhill in flames when I saw mm. the Broncos take Patrick Sertan. The Cowboys at 10 then trade down to 12 with Philadelphia. They pick up a third. They take Micah Parsons, the outstanding linebacker from Penn State. So what was your feeling watching all this? Oof, I, I was similar to you, Nui. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I was feeling great. You know, after I saw the Kyle Pitts go to uh, number four to Atlanta, I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, well, that, that's that's out the way. I mean, that, I'm like, that's out the way. We ain't got to worry yeah, about no speculation. We're, we're business. We good. We straight. You know, then we got, you know, then Jamar Chase went off the board. I'm like, all right, we still good. And then, like you said, Carolina rolled around and they picked J.C. Horn. I'm like, all right, you know, that was a solid pick. So that, that just leaves us, you know, being being in the business for Sertan. Because I did not see uh, Denver going after a corner, going after a Sertan, anything like that. I didn't see that coming. And boom, just like you said, it was just like I, I was out to dinner, matter of fact. And I'm just watching it on my phone. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll pick Sertan. We got him on lock now. I mean, it's a wrap. And then, boom, right. I saw that pick go by, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, baby. Say it ain't so. They, they took them. They took both of what I thought were our top two defensive blue-chip prospects right under our feet. Carolina got one. Denver got the other. And, I, you know, I was in shock. I was in shock for a hot second, and I started racking my brain thinking, all right, what, what, what type of, what type of uh, scenarios can we do here? Can we trade back, or do we, do we stay at that 10 and just pick trade our – Trade down. Trade and then I saw I saw the trade back and I'm like all right they traded back all right so who are they gonna grab who are they gonna grab with this pick and when it came across that it was Micah Parsons I thought to myself immediately like all right well at least at the very least they addressed the defensive side of the ball like they didn't trade back and grab a an offensive lineman or anything like that they addressed the defensive side of the ball um, it's not the level that I wanted you know I wanted help in the secondary because I didn't see any blue chip defensive line prospects so I wanted help in the secondary above all but when they took both of those prospects and we talked about this on the players lounge um, a couple weeks ago you know what would happen if they took the if, if uh, both of our prospects were gone and we both decided hey let's trade back and see what we can do for there add some depth 
Um, but when they got Micah Parsons, you know, I, I said, okay, they addressed the defense. And here's a guy who's explosive. I'm talking about explosive. We saw the 40 time, 439 at, at 245. This is an explosive linebacker, sideline to sideline. Last time we saw him on the field, I think it was in the Capital One Bowl, he had like 17 tackles. He was all over the field. He's a Buckus Award winner. And so I'm thinking, all right, this guy can be a plug and play. Not sure where, because I, if personally I would play him at the wheel linebacker, I wouldn't put him in the middle. There's a lot of banging in there. I want to see his speed on the outside, maybe rushing a little bit, you know, covering some running backs here and there. So I thought to myself, all right, this is a sideline to sideline guy. He can help our defense. But what does that mean for the rest of the linebacking crew? And I was, just, and I'm racking my brain like, I, you know, where do we put these guys? Because we had Keanu, we got Keanu Neal in that hybrid linebacker type role, and I'm thinking that's exactly what Micah Parsons is going to be. I mean, he's the same type of build, even faster than a Keanu Neal who's coming off an Achilles. So, you know, what do we do with Neal in this situation? What do we do with the Jalen Smith? What do we do with LVE? So all this was racking through my brain. But overall, I think it was a solid pick. Um, and, and it gave us an opportunity to add another pick in the third round when we traded back so we can get more depth pieces for this defense. So overall, it wasn't who I wanted to it wanted it to be. I wanted it to be Sertan or or Horn at that cornerback position. But I think it's a solid pick and this guy can help our defense this year. It's interesting how this thing works out because over at the TV station, where I work at, at NBC5 here in Dallas, Fort Worth, they, it was about maybe 4 o'clock, they said, hey, can you send us a quick write-up on what you think the Cowboys will do? And I said, sure. So I do this write-up talking about Patrick Sertan and how I liked him. Then I said, you know, Jason Horn could be there as well. And then I was told by someone on the inside that, hey, look, um, they'd be happy with either guy guys to be there and then for just some strange reason I said let me add a third person and I put Micah Parsons down there here's another guy to look for so um when I think about it and you try to sit up here for Cowboy fans who had their heart set on a corner like Barry and I Micah yeah. Parsons was that next best defensive player there a couple things surprised me Barry because I went out to the press conference earlier in the week where Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Mike McCarthy met the media, and they spoke about, and I asked the question, if guys didn't play, if they sat out because of COVID-19, do you have an issue with that? And Jerry said, quote, I think they're compromised. Yeah. I think they're compromised. And then he, he said, yeah, you missed out on a whole year of football. Then he asked Coach McCarthy, all right, so, so you know, how many plays are they missing? And he said, they're missing about 700 plays. So I thought immediately, hey, man, look, guys like Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, uh, Caleb Farley, Micah, these guys are probably not going to make it to the Cowboys because Jerry is going to be like, no. So the next day, I, I, I you know, tried to be smart, made a phone call to a contact and said, hey, um, are you guys going to penalize people if they are not playing? He said, no. Contact said, no, mm. no, not at all. And I asked, do you hate Micah Farley? Okay, I, I, you, you, you went out there and asked it, huh? <laughs> I did. I asked, I asked my contact. I said, do you hate him? He said, no. I was like, okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, Jerry, so, so, so they make the trade, and, I, and, and this is my opinion, okay, folks? All right, Dallas Cowboy Nick, this is my opinion. Um, the two fits I thought at 10 that would be best would be Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn. They make the yeah. trade down. They pick up the three from Philadelphia. You go get Micah Parsons. You know, he didn't play last year. But when he did play, 
guy was pretty damn good, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. you got to give him that. Um, defensive MVP uh, at, at the Cotton Bowl against um, Memphis. Uh, Dane Brugler, I respect his analysis. Dane uh, Brugler is also part of the Dallas Cowboys podcast network. Dane writes, the Penn State linebacker found two seasons in college and led the team in tackles both years. What does this mean for Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch in Dallas? Um, here's what Right now, you need as many good football players as you can. So if your linebacker room is Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, Micah Parsons, and um, Keon O'Neal, okay, I'm good with that. I'm good, I, look, look, I don't know about you, but I'm good with that. That is an upgrade. And what have we talked about before here on this show, Barry? Hey, who's going to cover some of these tight ends and linebackers and just looking the way the league goes? Now, I ain't going to call him Devin White, okay? I'm not going to call him okay. Devin White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not. But when you think about what Devin White did in your hope of hopes, if you're going on to the, hey, let's look at the positives, what if Micah Parsons could be your Devin White? Wouldn't you sign up for that? I would. I mean, and look what look what Levante David did in the Super Bowl against Kelsey. I mean, this is another cover cover style linebacker that they had, and I'm not going to say he shut out Kelsey, but he he definitely limited Kelsey's role in that Super Bowl, and that, and I think that that paid huge dividends for that defense overall. So for me, I'm thinking I'm thinking. Look, man, look, I love I love with the the pick um, with the Michael Parsons pick because I think he can be that cover linebacker and what also I loved about that pick is this is a, not to my knowledge but this is a guy that hasn't been injury prone I mean we look at look at our defense what we have on our roster right now half of our starters on defense have been through some type of injuries have had multiple surgeries have missed multiple games so this is a guy coming in fresh no surgeries no injuries that I know of and it, look it has to be a positive for this defense and like you mentioned with that that white situation our linebackers in the past have been liabilities in coverage i mean we've seen what jd mckissick was able to do in washington we've seen some of these tight ends be able to route up our guys and running backs route up our guys on third and medium um to have a guy with the explosiveness explosiveness and the coverage ability of a parsons added to this linebacker crew can only be a positive for this team and like i said he's not injury prone so we don't have to worry about him missing massive amount of time i just think it's a positive overall he didn't get that certain like we say didn't get that certain or horn but i think it was the next best option plus we picked up a third so i'm I'm overall i'm happy so far with the draft Dave Hellman, who also is, is a part of our Dallas Cowboys podcast family, he does great work. Uh, he, he broke down Parsons and talked about uh, the six and a half sacks that the guy got. So if you've got a linebacker who can find his way to to the quarterback, um, Cowboy fans, I don't think the, I, I agree with Dave on that. You should not be sniffing your nose at it, thinking that this is this is a problem and this is this is bad. The Cowboys added a piece that if you ask yourself five years from now, uh, you're hoping that this player is, is a good player and, he, and he's, he's here doing some things for a while. Uh, a lot of us did not know about DeMarcus Ware coming out of Troy when they took him at number 11. Once again, I ain't calling him DeMarcus Ware, but I'm just saying we're talking about a player who comes into the NFL who had a better resume than DeMarcus Ware. And yeah. Ware's a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion. And I'm not going to call Parsons 
you know, the next great thing, but I'm just saying, if you're looking for the hope side, because Barry, I feel like there was so much negativity that I was reading on yeah. social media for Cowboy fans. I'm trying to find a way today to say, hey, look, look, look at some things that he can do. Bill Walsh was always big on, don't tell me what a player can't do. Tell me what he can do for my 49ers. And that's what I'm trying to sit up here and talk about today for some of the things about Micah Parsons. What can he do? You've seen his speed. I watched the pro day on NFL Network at Penn State, and James Franklin was raving about him in the fast. I was like four three nine, some crazy thing yeah, like that. Yeah, four three nine. He was rolling. Okay, so so right now we're talking about a fast linebacker, a guy who who can find his way to sack the quarterback. Tell me what the negatives are here, especially since your corners were gone. It's not like you sat up here and said, "Hey, man, we we're going to take Parsons over." over the corners you didn't this was your next best choice now i'm gonna sit up here and say this barry when i saw what the giants got from chicago i'm like wow huh because the yeah. bear and, I, and we talked about it before the bears would be willing to give up a one to move up and get a quarterback and sure enough they did so the giants got a haul and the giants had to go to 20 and maybe the cowboys were not ready to go to 20. And actually, at the press conference, uh, Jerry Jones raved about how he had Micah Parsons as the, his number one defensive player on the board. My first thought is, if he's your number one defensive player on the board, why are you trading down to 12? Why don't you take him at 10? But hey. <laughs> why did you just hit? <laughs> now, now, I'll say this, and I'll say this in Jerry's defense. For they traded down two spots when they took Roy Williams. Um, eons ago back, was it 2003? When they took mm-hmm. Roy, but they, or 2002, but they traded down two spots and picked up a third from Kansas City to get him. So he does have precedent in doing that. He does have precedent in doing that. And um, I guess he was pretty sure that nobody was going to take uh, Micah Parsons at 11 so they could go ahead and get to 12. And maybe Chicago called them, and they just didn't want to fall all the way to 20. Uh, to do it because do you- here's my thought. If you go 20, you could take Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle out of Alabama. But... Yeah. They took Parsons. They like Parsons. There's a need for Parsons. For everybody out there that's unhappy with Jalen Smith, and you see it on social media, a bunch of people like cut Jalen Smith. Everybody. And for, for, for the people who are like Leighton Vanderish, I like him, but he's always hurt. And oh, by the way, it is Monday. They have a deadline. Okay, the Cowboys on Monday have to tell Leighton Vanderesh if they're going to pick up his option for 2022 of $9.1 million. And Stephen Jones was asked about it earlier this week, and he said, yeah, we hadn't got to that yet. So that's another Ooh. interesting, that's an interesting wait, decision. Wait, 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 wait. He said he, he asked him about the fifth-year option. It's, it's due Monday, right? Monday is the deadline of where you got to tell somebody or not if they're going to be you know, here for their fifth-year option. And he said, ah, we haven't got to that yet? I mean, that, that, oof, that's, a couple, that's a couple days away, man. Okay, and I'll say this. I'll say this. They didn't have the draft yet. You didn't know what you were going to have. So True. Why, you know, why make a decision? Why come out and make and say we ha- we're going to do this or that? And you don't have to yet. Let's see what your team is. Um, if they're still having cap issues... They may decide, you know, we're not going to do this. Garrett Bowles yep. was under that same scenario with Denver where they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He came out and he balled last year, and they gave him a new contract. So, you know, it doesn't if – you, if you say to the player, we're not going to pick up the fifth-year option, that doesn't mean that you can't, therefore, go and do another contract with the player. So if they basically say to Leighton Vanderesh, you know what, prove it. 
get, you know, get, give us a prove it year this year, and then you know maybe we start. They've got that opportunity, or they could throw the franchise tag. I mean, there's options. The there's Cowboys definitely options. options. There's definitely. And let me then, ask you this, Nui. Let, let me ask yeah, you this real yeah. quick. For the, for as far as the draft, we'll get back to the draft. Do you think the Cowboys made the best valued pick? And getting Micah Parsons there. I mean, because they, they could have got the tackle from uh, Northwestern. I believe his name is Rashawn Slater. I believe his name was. Okay. They could have yes. gotten him if they okay. stayed at ten. Do you think out of those two out of those two scenarios that they made the the best overall value pick by getting Micah Parsons at twelve rather than sticking with Rashawn Slater at that tackle who could have been a guard or he could have been a swing tackle anything like that? Do you think they made the right choice there? Okay, um, I'm glad you asked this. I think this is a, a very, very good question. We all love Zach Martin and what he is as a football player, and he's building a Hall of Fame resume. Coming out of Notre Dame, he was a left tackle. He was so good, he was the bowl game MVP of the Yankee Bowl at for the, Notre Dame. At, at the tackle that, position. At mm. the tackle position, all right? That tells you how dominant he, he was. The Cowboys drafted him and immediately put him at guard. The reason why? The arm length. Didn't have long arms. He yeah. did, they, you know, and, and the Cowboys felt he didn't have the kind of arms that they want for a tackle. So he went inside. Rashawn Slater has short arms. In the Cowboys system, okay? And make sure I say this straight for people who, who in the Cowboys system, he's a guard. Person I talked to said this guy could be an all-pro guard. He has Zach Martin traits. That's how much they like Rashawn Slater and what they thought of Rashawn Slater. But they were not going to t- draft a guard at 12. Versus okay. we we need some help on defense. Here's a dynamic defensive player, in our opinion, who can help us. Let us go back to what Dan Quinn had in Seattle, which helped him land the Atlanta Falcons job. You had Bobby Wagner, you had K.J. Wright. You had really good linebacker play, and you had dudes who could get across the football field. We keep talking about trying to give Dan Quinn players. Did you give him a player? I feel like you gave him Michael Parsons. You gave him a player. You gave him a fast guy in this league where you need fast people. You gave him a guy who, when you look at the tape of what we've seen, the guy was producing. Will he be a walk-in starter? He hasn't played in two years. I don't think he will. But can he help your football team? Yeah. If Jalen Smith does not get back to being the player you want him to be, then maybe he's that guy on third downs. If Leighton Van Der Esch is hurt, then maybe he's that guy that's playing. But you have two question marks at your two starting linebackers. You needed help on all three levels. We, we said we need help on all three levels. But going back to your original point about Slater, Slater's a guard. For the Cowboys, he's a guard. Now, he'll be a tackle out there for the, for the Chargers, and that's great for them. Yeah. That's what they want. But with the way the Cowboys play their guys and the way they run their system for the offensive line, he was a guard. And I just don't think you take a guard at 12. So, good question. But I know you, a lot of people uh, talked about putting Slater there, but I was yeah. I, just knowing the Cowboys the way they operate, I'm like, no, nah, you don't. You, he, he's a guard. You didn't need to do that for a guard. 
You're right. I mean, that, that's a little high for, like you said, the guard. And he played tackle his whole his whole career, and then moving him into guard. Who knows what he would project as? And with Michael Parsons, with Michael Parsons out there, I mean, we, we know what he can do. We know what he can do. He's sideline to sideline. Yeah. He's explosive. He can cover, and that's what we've been needing. That's what we've been needing on the defensive side of the ball. It's not the secondary pick. It's not that blue chip uh, prospect I wanted to get, like in Sertan or Horse or, uh, or Horn, but. This guy, I mean, he, he can fly. He can fly all around. And, and what we've been missing since probably 2018 when, when LVE and, and, and Jalen Smith were rolling and they were, you know, probably the best tandem of linebackers in the league at that point. If we've been missing that sideline to sideline guy, the guy that can, can make everybody right, no matter if the defensive lineman hits the wrong gap or, or gets pushed out of his gap, we need somebody with explosiveness that can make everybody around them better and everybody around them right. And I'm not, I'm not sure this is the right. I'm not sure Michael Parsons can do that, but I think he gives the Cowboys the best opportunity to have that sideline to sideline guy who can cover as well and not get exposed on those third and mediums because that's what killed us as a defense last year. We didn't, It's not like... You know, we were giving up huge, huge chunks on firsts. It was the third and fives, third and six, third and sevens, where that medium, that medium third down range where the backs come alive, the tight ends come alive, and they ended up picking us apart in that core part of our defense. So I think this guy can come in and give us an upgrade at that if he's able to be a day one starter. Now, that that's that's the question that's still out there. Can he come in after missing a year? Can he come in and unseat one of these guys at that linebacker position? I'm not sure about that, but like we've said before, there's a long history with these linebackers of being injured so I wouldn't be surprised if halfway through the season or maybe even the first couple games through the season this guy doesn't come in and make a rotational piece and eventually take over the starting role uh, for these guys because he's that explosive and he could be that he could have that much of an impact on the defense we just need on our defense we need some juice we need some we need an infusion of juice speed. on that defense speed. there was t- speed exactly there was just too many times last year where guys were just, it looked like they were lolling around like they were running in quicksand like it felt like everybody was running circles around our defense and i think if you got a guy with, with that has juice like he has and can get from sideline to sideline like that i think he's definitely an upgrade for our defense and he should be uh one of the starting linebackers here soon when the season starts um, before we go to break, Bear, I want to pose this to you because you played in the National Football League. You played for the Cowboys. You played on a really good Jacksonville Jaguar defense that ended up going into the uh, AFC Championship game with a, with a lead in the second half before losing to the Patriots. When you bring in a player like Parsons as a number one draft pick and you're an incumbent like Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith, does how much does it increase the competition in the room and how much do those two players who have been starters and have gone to the Pro Bowl, do they do they feel any heat? Do they feel any pressure to keep what they have? How does that work in a locker room? Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt, you, you feel heat. When you got someone drafted in the first round at your position, knowing that, hey, they're, they're coming basically for your job, I mean, you're going to feel the heat. And, and this is a guy that, you know, everybody raved about saying how explosive he was and how he can help any defense out there. So you're going to feel the heat. And it's up to, to Jalen and it's up to LVE to, to step up their game in that level of competition. I mean, I know me for, for a fact, you know, when I was having my competitions with the with Will, J.J. Wilcox or Rodney Poole when I was trying to get started um, as a starter in a safety unit, I made sure I worked out with those guys. I made sure, like, look, I'm, I'm getting as close as I can with you guys to make sure they like, look, if, if their game is, is, is going up and up and up, I got to make sure my game matches theirs because I know that they're coming for my job in the long haul. So for them, they, I mean, it, it's just two ways to approach it. Either you can be that, you know, that mentor to them, show them the ropes, show them the game and kind of be that, that Peyton Manning kind of, kind 
kind of big brother to these guys. Or you can pull the Brett Favre route where it's like, hey, man, <laughs> this is my job. You're trying to get my job. I'm not helping you out. You see how he did Aaron Rodgers when he first came in. He was like, I'm not helping you out. And that was kind of my mode. I, you know, my mode was kind of just a, hey, you know, I, I, we, we cool, but you're coming from my job in the end of the round. So I, I can't give you all my secrets. And uh, it's just going to be up to them to decide what type of role they want to play with a guy coming in trying to take their job. All right. Um, let's uh, squeeze in a break here. The Cowboys have four picks today. One in the second round, number 44. Three in the third round, number 75, number 84, and number 99. Barry and I will give you our take about uh, who you want. We've got a couple of folks all right, weighing in right now here, uh, following us here on, this, on the uh, on the chat. So tell us, who do you want to see? Who do you want to see the Cowboys take? Who would be your ideal person in the second round or position? Let us know. Let's chat about it. You're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com, right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, Draft Pick Challenge, Cowboy fans, enter free to play. Draft Pick Challenge presented by DraftKings for a chance to win two 2021 season tickets. Submit your picks before the draft starts April 29th. Got to be 29 years older to play. And make sure you see the official rules. Enter now. Go to DallasCowboys.com slash Draft Pick Challenge. Okay, you're in the Players' Lounge. Dewey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. Micah Parsons is the pick at 12. This is a guy who, when he played in 2019, was an All-American player. Guy's resume, a proven player, okay? So the Cowboys got that. They helped their defense. They have one pick today in the second round. That's at 44. They've got three picks today in the third round. 75, 84, 99. Church, what position or what player would you like to see in round two? 
in round two, and I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get there because we picked 12th in round two, so I'm not sure he'll still be around. But I would love to see them get the safety from TCU. I, I would love to see them be able to grab him. Um, I think he's a playmaker out there. I think he's a guy that he has multiple uh, position flexibility. I think he can play that high hole safety. He can play in the box. And I think he can play a little bit nickel as well. He has cover skills. And he's kind of a, a ball hawk as well. I mean, so to me, I think he checks all the boxes for a safety that you would love to put into this defense. Um, he doesn't have to be a day one starter at all. I mean, you could put you can put him behind a KZ, let him, let him learn behind KZ for a little bit and maybe sprinkle him in on a couple dime packages or a couple or a couple nickel packages here and there. But I would love to see the Cowboys be able to get this guy. Like I said, I'm not sure if he's gonna be there or not, but this is a homegrown dude. TCU um, played there. So for me, I would love to see them grab him. But I, it's between him for the second round pick, it's between him and I would love also for them to get that defensive tackle from Alabama. I don't know if he'll be able, he'll be there as well because I think he, he might go early in the second round. But those two guys, I would love to see them add to this defense, as far, especially on the defensive line. I mean, we need an interior defensive line piece to go with Neville Gallimore in there. We Right now, we've got Tristan Hill coming off in a, or ACL. Not sure what he's going to look like this season, but I would love for him to be able to get down there and just help against this run. Because that's what destroyed us last year, especially on the defensive side. The run destroyed us. I mean, cats were going for 300 yards, but four or five games against us, cats were going three, <laughs> for 300 yards. So for me, we got to improve that interior part of the defensive line. I would love them to get one of those two players. Just not sure if they're going to be there at 12 for us to grab. Okay, let's start with TCU safety, Trayvon Merrick. Uh, Merrick was the Jim Thorpe Award winner as the top defensive back in the nation, beat out Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn for that. So he's on the board. You talked about it. All right, the 12th pick in the second round. Seven interceptions, 28 passes defended the last three years. Here is kind of the juice. With three picks in the third round, are you willing to give up, let's say, number 99 to move up and go get your safety? Or, as you spoke about, Defensive tackle Christian Barmore from Alabama, six foot four, three hundred ten pounds, ten tackles, fifteen point five sacks for loss in twenty four games. If you look at him, he got better as the year went on. Uh, started off slow, but as he started to understand and, and, and getting more playing time, he seemed to be a difference maker there. So um, I, that's my question to you: If yeah. you had to trade up to get them, would you do it? I would trade up to get. Um, the tackle from Alabama. I'm not sure if I'd trade up to get to safety because I just feel like that tackle could affect our game more than that safety could. Um, you know, I feel like what we did, and I spoke about earlier, what we did on the, in the run was just downright terrible. And I think if we can upgrade that position, it'll help more than if we brought a safety in to kind of play that high hole. I think that that defensive tackle, that one or that three technique would be able to affect the game more. So I would, I'd be willing more to trade up for him than the safety out of TCU. Um, both prospects to me can help this defense in the long haul, but um, the more intriguing prospect to me because how bad our run defense was would have to be the defensive tackle from Alabama. And we've seen that the past couple of years, our second round picks, they've been all right. I mean, we had Trayvon Diggs, who was a, who was a day one starter here uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. He went in the second round. He had an up and down season, but I think overall everybody sees him as maybe a cornerstone or he can be a building block 
for this defense. So the second and third round guys, they're just as important to the development of the defense as a whole as a first round guy would be. So for me, the only one that I would trade up to get would be that defensive tackle because I think he can affect the game a lot more and he can help against such a, a, a terrible run defense as we had. So I would trade up to get him and uh, hopefully that TCU safety would have failed to me, but I'm not sure he'll fall to me at all. Okay, so let me just check out just some of the things here that people are saying right here uh, as I'm checking social mm -hmm. media on our page. Um, a couple folks want Barmore, saying Barmore's worth trading up for. Um, Jay says, I can definitely feel church on this. JOK still out there, guy from UCLA, linebacker for UCLA. I give up a couple picks to move up to get him. Uh, somebody's saying, go get the Oregon safety player here. Javon Holland, because um, I think he. Yeah, the Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon. I think if you don't get the safety from TCU, I believe he he can be there, and I don't think you have to trade up for him okay. to get there as well. So I think I get I trade up for the D tackle Barmar, and then I would wait in the third round to get Holland because I think he'd still be there. Okay, so so let's let's just kind of go down this list right here. Okay, uh, and this is uh, John Machado with the Athletic, another guy that I, I I love his work and appreciate. So here are your top corners still on the board: Asante Samuel Jr. Okay, the Cowboys spoke mm. at their press conference about loving guys who have dads that played in the National Football League. Now, Asante is 5'10", 180. Cowboys like these dudes at 6'10". But, oh, by the way, the dudes you wanted are off the board. So do you go ahead and say, let me get Asante Samuel, who had three picks in eight games last year. Do you like him? You got Kelvin Joseph, the corner from Kentucky, 6'1", 190, uh, 197, four picks in nine games last year. You got uh, Ifeitu Melifanu from Syracuse, big, big safety, 6'3", 205, three picks in the last 20 games. Elijah Molden, I like this kid. Elijah Molden, 5'10", 190, had five picks his last 17 games. Then he got uh, uh, Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, one pick in three years as a starter. So, so these are just the corners. Okay, so let me start right here. Right. Is Asante set? Can you overlook the height if you're the Cowboys? If I'm the Cowboys, I can't overlook the height. He's a perfect nickel build, but we already have two kind of perfect nickel builds under contract, and that's Anthony Brown and that's Jordan Lewis. And, you know, I like Asante Samuel, but if his game is anything like his father's, he's the ultimate gambler. And I think we already have a, I think we already have a gambler. Uh, in our defensive back room and uh, Trayvon Diggs. So I'm not sure if you put two two of those same type of players that love to gamble, like to jump routes out there on the same field because you, they can make plays for you. As we've seen, Asante Samuel Sr., he's made plenty of plays out there, especially in the playoffs, but that can also bite you in the butt. I mean, think about Marcus Peters. He's one of the better corners in the league. He gambles a lot and he wins a lot, but he also loses a lot. So I don't know if you want two gamble type corners out there with Diggs and Asante Samuel Jr. I like his game, but I'm not sure if I could do two gamblers on the same secondary. Okay. Um, all right. It's, it's great stuff right here on our social media page. Uh, somebody said, I'd rather sign Sherman. Okay, Richard, let me help you. Richard Sherman can't play. Oh, no. Nah. Okay, Richard nah. Sherman, at his time in his day, <laughs> it is time to let Richard Sherman play somewhere else, okay? Uh, no, no. Rich, signing Richard Sherman is, no. Okay, he's not Seattle Richard Sherman, and that's being kind. And ask yourself this, why are the 49ers letting him go? 
it's a reason why they're letting him go. So so let's move on from Richard Sherman and what you think. And do we want another injury? Do we want another injury prone guy? I mean, that's our he's defense old. is already Yeah, and he's old now. He's just now I think he just came off of a, a calf strain or a hamstring that limited him last season. So I, I just I, I'm just not a big fan of bringing injured guys into a defense that's already riddled with a lot of guys in injury prone history. All right, so let's now look at the safeties. We already talked about Trayvon Merrick of TCU. Richie Grant, there's a lot of people that like him. The kid from UCF who flashed at the Super Bowl, 10 picks, 27 passes, defended in the last three years. Javon Holland of Oregon, um, that's a player, 6'1", 207, nine picks, 19 passes, defended in 27 games. One issue I'm going to wonder about, do they hold it against Richie Grant that he did not play in a Power Five conference versus a guy like Holland who did. Um, what a guy! But look at, look at like Richie them. Grant. But but look at Richie Grant's productivity out there. I mean, you just you just know the ten picks, twenty seven passes defense in three years. I mean, this guy is getting his hands on the ball. And he's getting his hands on the ball. He's showing he has a lot of range. And wouldn't that be special if we had a guy with a lot of range in that back end, especially in that single high defense that okay. that Dan Quinn loves to run? I mean, he got KZ there right now, but who knows what he's coming off, what he's going to do coming off of that Achilles? Richie Grant is a guy that can get can be that ball hawking guy in the back end. So I wouldn't put it past the Cowboys to sniff around for uh, Richie Grant. Here's a player that I saw some, some tape of. Look, I didn't dive heavy into it, okay? I didn't. I just saw highlights, mm-hmm. and that never tells you the whole story. But when Indiana was balling this year, their defense was good. The quarterback was dynamic. And when he got hurt, then the whole thing fell apart. But the defense was making some plays. Jamar Johnson, six foot, 205, seven picks, 14 passes defended in 31 games. So while there are a lot of people out there who are big on on Richie Grant, Jamar Johnson is a guy that I think um, uh, is someone to look at. So those are safeties. Let's get in here to edge rushers here that are left, all right? Um, Aziz Ojolari of Georgia. He's out there. 14 sacks, 18 and a half tackles for a loss of 24 games. Carlos Basham. Over at Wake Forest, 6'3", 274, 20 and a half sacks, 35.5 tackles for loss in 45 games. Um, the big kid from uh, Texas, Joseph Asai, um, 11 sacks, uh, 30.5 tackles for loss in 36 games. Ronnie Perkins of Oklahoma, 6'3", 253, 16 and a half sacks, 32 tackles for loss in 33 games. Um, so those are some guys. Uh, Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh, 6'4", two, uh, 259, 17 sacks, 30. 4.5 tackles for loss in 35 games. You go over here to the defensive tackle. All right. I, Dan Quinn is a defensive tackle guy. Uh, Christian Barmore. Okay. We spoke about him earlier from Alabama, 6'4, 310. Here's a player that I, I, I can see them liking. Uh, big boy out of Washington, Levi Onawazurike. Okay. 6'3, 290. Seven sacks, 16 tackles for loss in 39 games. Um, Marlon Tuipuoloto from USC, 6'2", 305, eight and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss in uh, 33 games. Milton Williams out of Louisiana Tech, um, 6'3", 284. This is a guy that his, um, people have to- talked about who dive deep in the draft like him. Uh, Jay Tulfele from USC, 6'2", 305. Dalen, um, Davion, I should say, Davion Nixon of Iowa, 6'3", three, uh, 13, eight and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss in 21 games. Aleem McNeil. Out of NC State, 6'3", 
17, 10 sacks, 17 and a half tackles for loss of 35 games. I mean, there's there's a there's a big boy right there. Some of his tape, man, is uh, fun to watch. Offensive and and what I love about oh go, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, just more guys that, that, you know, are available as the Cowboys have picks 44, 75, 84, 99, offensive tackle. Okay, for those that are concerned about uh, Tyron Smith and Lel Collins, you've got Taven Jenkins from Oklahoma State, 6'6", 317 out there. Samuel Cosby, Texas, 6'6", 314. Liam Eichenberg, Notre Dame, 6'6", 306. These Notre Dame kids that they're producing out there have made the adjustments to the pros very well. Um, Look no further than Zach Martin. Uh, Walter Little of Stanford, six foot seven, three thirteen. You know Stanford is a, a school that runs a pro offense. He has 19 starts at left tackle. Brady Christensen from BYU, six five, three oh two, thirty eight. All thirty eight starts came at left tackle. Uh, Dylan Rasnitz of North Dakota State, six foot six, three oh one. 32 starts at left tackle. James Hudson of Cincinnati, six foot five, three thirteen. Had all of his 11 starts at left tackle. Uh, Deontay Smith at East Carolina, 6'5", 304. A lot of people think that this is an underrated player. 29 starts at left tackle, one at left guard. So there's kind of some areas where we, you know, the Cowboys could be looking at with these four picks here that they could be making. And uh, Jay, you're right here on the, uh, you're right here on the, uh, on our social media feed here for the Players Lounge on Twitter. There's some great players here. There's some, and I shouldn't say great. There are some players that can help the Cowboys, exactly, and defensively. But if you're in love with someone, okay, this is one where you know who are you going to stand up on the table for? Are you willing to give up a, a third round? Are you willing to give up 99 and 44 to move up to get yourself to 40 and, or 41 to get you know to get whoever you want or get to 30? You know, just just that that process. If you've taken that pick from Philadelphia, you got it for a reason. You keep it because that's 84. You keep that and say, like move 99 if you feel like, hey, we've got to get Barmore. If you tell me the Cowboys walk out of, of today with uh, Mike, you know, and, and after two days, walk away with Micah Parsons, you walk away with a corner, you walk away with Christian Barmore, and maybe another, or maybe an offensive, an offensive tackle, I think Cowboy fans would say you helped improve your football team. I think so. And I think if you're able to walk away with, with talents like that um, within the first three rounds, I think the rest of the draft is just it's just profit at that point. I mean, you're just adding depth at that point because you got, if you're able to go up there and you're able to get a Barmore and you're able to get an um, offensive lineman that can be a swing kind of depth piece, kind of like how Joe Looney was, kind of like that backup spot throughout the whole offensive line and then you you address the secondary need as well i mean you 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 pretty much addressed your deep or you pretty much addressed your whole team and you upgraded your whole team i mean that's what we came into this whole draft talking about where do we think this team needs to be upgraded and we all pretty much agree that it needs to be on the defensive side of the ball now you already got pars or michael parsons in there on that second level of the defense and the linebacker situation now you to me you look at the defensive line because I think to build a successful defense, you always start from the front. You go to front to back. Now, with this particular draft, we didn't see any blue chip guys that can come in and be day one starters on that defensive line and help upgrade our defensive line. So that's why they went to the, to the second level with Michael Parsons. But now that you're in the second round, you're in the third round, I think you have to address that defensive line. And like all those edge rushers, edge rushers that you mentioned, they're all right up you know, Dan Quinn's alley as far as body type. They're big, long, rangy type guys who he loves. So he has his options of edge rushers out there, but I'm not sure you, you plunge early in the second 
or early in the third with an edge rusher when you got already, you know, Lawrence on one side, Tank Lawrence on one side, and you got an emerging Randy Gregory on the other side. So I don't think you need to go and trade up for an edge rusher early in the second round. But I would if it was for that interior defensive line because we do not have anybody outside of Neville Gallimore. No disrespect to Tristan Hill, but we don't have anybody outside of Neville Gallimore that can help pretty much be stout against the run. Now, if we were able to get this Barmore kid in there, I think he'd be a huge upgrade for that defensive line, and I think he'd be a huge upgrade for this defense when it comes to stopping the run. And then you fall back to the secondary. After you fall back to the secondary, like you said, you had options. You got that safety from TCU. You got Holland from Oregon, who I think you can get in the third round. And then you also have Asante Samuel Jr., who, like I said, I don't like the gambling, the gambling as much, but if he's there, I think you might have to take a flyer on him. And that way you can upgrade every level of the defense without having to do too much or too, or spend too much to upgrade it. So I think that'd be an extremely successful draft early on. And the rest of the draft would just be profit because you can just get depth pieces for either offensively or defensively. So if we were able to pull that off today, I think this draft would become an A+. Okay. Uh, we had somebody ask us right here on the social media page, who do you want at corner? Tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about a potential corner because the Cowboys need to address that one pretty quick here on day two mm-hmm. in rounds two and three of the NFL draft. This is the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboysRadio.com. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, Book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet. But seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands. And now they even have loungewear. Yeah, loungewear. Shop underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 15% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. All right, Players' Lounge. 
on day two of the NFL Draft. We appreciate you joining us. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, and I'm riding alongside my man Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety. Our other running buddy, Danny McCray, is on assignment. So the Cowboys get Micah Parsons in round number one and pick up a third-round pick from Philadelphia as they drop from 10 to 12. The two corners that the Cowboys had eyes on, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan II, were taken at 8 and 9. So the Cowboys left without them. And for many people, they think they got the third-best defensive player. Some people have Micah Parsons rated higher as a defensive player on their big boards. Jerry Jones comes out and says that Micah Parsons was their number one guy on the draft board. So now we get ready for round two where the Cowboys have four picks. Okay, one pick in the second round, number 44. Three picks in the third, 75. 84, which they got from the Eagles, and 99, which is a comp pick. So the Cowboys are rolling with four picks today. Someone had asked us right here on the on the Twitter page, so, uh, Players Lounge social media page, uh, who do you want at corner? Um, all of us right now are in agreement, even our producer, uh, Chris Bean, that Asante Samuels Jr. is not going to be the guy from the standpoint he doesn't fit the defense because of his size. And when you're thinking about who you want for the Cowboys – don't think about who you want. Think about who they like and, and their scheme of what they want, which is why I went back to Rashawn Slater when Barry asked me earlier. Rashawn Slater has small arms in the Cowboys system for linemen. He would be a guard, not a tackle, so he wasn't worth taking a 12. So when we start to look at corners, what do we know? We know that Dan Quinn and Chris Rashard were both on that Seahawks staff. They like tall corners. They like guys that are six feet, preferably six one, who got long arms. So that's where you start to say, take off Samuel, look at Kelvin Joseph of Kentucky, six foot, 195, four picks in nine games last year. Uh, Ifetu Melifanu of Syracuse, 6'3", 205, three picks in his last 20 games, his brothers in the league. Elijah Molden of Washington, 5'10", 192, five picks in his last 17 games. Tyson Campbell, Georgia, 6'1", 193, um, one interception in three years as a starter. So... Those are guys I'm looking at right now that, that you know seemingly are best values, Church, at corner. Um, I am intrigued by Elijah Molden. I ended up watching some of the pro day from Washington and listening to them and just kind of some of the competition that this guy has played. I just think that maybe he may be a guy that, uh, that, that, that they go for. But honestly, I don't know because we haven't talked yeah. to Dan Quinn, Barry. I don't know what they'll really do outside of knocking a guy like Samuel off the board because of the height. You know, and, I, and I, I tend to agree with you on that Elijah Molden pick. I mean, this is kind of a Swiss Army knife guy. He played all around for, for Washington as far as in the secondary corner, safety, nickel. He can be that versatile piece that if anybody goes down, he can plug and play in. So I tend to agree with you on that one for the draft. But I, I, but a corner that, you know, I think that we, we could take a flyer on and it wouldn't break the bank is, you know, who's still out there in free agency would be Brashad Breeland. I mean, look, this is a guy who played at Kansas City when uh, these past couple years he was part of their Super Bowl team he was part of their Super Bowl run last year and here, here's a guy that he's long he's lanky he kind of fits that mold of a of a um, Legion of Boom type corner a Dan Quinn type corner he kind of reminds me of Sherman but a little bit younger version of him and this is a guy who he's not going to break the bank if we come in there and he's a veteran guy who can come in kind of teach this young secondary because we have an extremely young secondary right now this is a guy that can kind of teach them the ropes at the corner position as well as being a valuable starting corner out there for us and it'll give us time for these young corners that we do get in the draft 
for them to, to test to get to, to learn under a vet a vet type corner out there so for me I you know I'm, I'm still not ruling that ruling out that we get a veteran corner in free agency seeing as though there are a couple out there so I threw Bashar and Bashar Breeland out there but um, as far as the draft is concerned I tend to agree with Nui on this one Elijah Moulton kind of that Swiss army knife guy that you can you need in your secondary when I was there it was Orlando Skandrick. He was our Swiss Army knife. He could play outside corner. He could play inside corner. He could blitz. He could do all that stuff against the run. So to me, you productive can never player. have enough guys who can productive players. So for me, you can never have enough guys who can go out there and be that Swiss Army knife because depth is key. As we've seen these past couple of years, depth is key. And I wouldn't mind them bringing a guy like Elijah in there um, to add as a depth piece. What I hope to see with these four picks and maybe it's three picks if they utilize one to trade up and get a play. I want productivity. For the yeah. people that don't like the Micah Parsons pick, I simply say this. Look at the productivity. This is not some, well, we hope he can do this. You know, that was my issue with Tristan Hill. There was a whole lot of hoping with Tristan Hill that they did, and, and it didn't work out right. Uh, even Taco Charlton was kind of a whole, well, you know, Taco ain't doing that for three years. But his last year, he did something. Um, you know, we need to see guys who've been productive during their time. That is what I'm looking for in terms of what the Cowboys do. Uh, they, if they walk out of here with a tackle, a safety, a corner, and a D tackle, that'd be great. That, that would be great. Um, Barmore is going to be very interesting. How do they rate him on their board, Church? Because I believe if you could put in a Barmore and a Neville Gallimore, now you're cooking because they were 31st against the run last year. They've got to figure out a way to stop the run. And, oh, by the way, if you want to help Micah Parsons, if you want to help Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, make sure these guards and centers can't get next level on them because that's what was happening last year because the Cowboys were not good on the inside. So make these guys up front be big and beefy enough that they're tying up some blockers, which allows your linebackers to scrape and go make plays. So that to me, maybe I'm thinking while they need a corner, depending on what's their defensive tackle, man, they may make that move right up front, depending on how their board set, which we don't know. But I think that's something to think about. Hey, I mean, you're, you're 100% right. When we talk about building defenses, we always talk about building from the front to the back. I mean, to me, that's the most successful way you can you can build a defense. And we've seen last year, it happened time and time again in that Baltimore game, in that Cleveland game, whichever game we got ran out of the building, the, uh, the offensive line for the other team were able to get to the second level, which is the linebackers, like that. They were able to get up in LVE in Jalen Smith's face as soon as the ball was snapped. I mean, there was no reading for them. They had to fight off a block, then read the, the read the play. And by that time, the guy's 30 yards down the sidelines getting ready to get tackled by a safety. And you, and you can't have that. You cannot have that, especially in this type of defense where it's so simple and it's so vanilla that you got to be able to hit your gaps and you got to be able to be gap disciplined or we'll see what's going to happen. You're going to get ran out of the building. So we need to be more stout up front, not actually getting it to the quarterback from the interior, but holding up those guards, holding up that center from getting to the second level and picking off our linebackers and turning three to two to three yard gains into 15 and 10 yard gains. And we, we can't have that. We can't have that as a defense. So we need to get more stout, especially on the inside of our defensive line. Church, uh, on the social media page here, man, they, they on on Twitter, man, they, you brought up Rashad Breeland. You made one guy mad because he wants Sherman. He says Richard Sherman is better than, than Breeland. Richard, they think Richard Sherman Whoa. is better than Anthony Brown. They, so I'm just saying, we got, we got a Richard Sherman fan out here, man. Richard, have have, 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 have they seen... So. 
have they seen Richard Sermon last year? I mean, no disrespect, because this guy, this guy is definitely probably going to be in the Hall of Fame as a corner. But no, he won't I mean, be. I mean, last year he could, he could, he could barely run. He could barely run last year, and it, and that it, to me, he's. I, I just don't think he's that guy we need at corner right now. I mean, maybe two, three years ago for sure, but now I, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't see it right now, and I, I mean, you talk about giving up big plays. I mean. I, Last year he was he gave up plenty of big. I think he gave up more big plays than Anthony Brown did last year. We're saying that he's better. I I don't see it, and uh, I'm definitely not barking up that uh, Richard Sherman tree, especially for our defense. So, and this is something I wish fans would kind of think about more. So Richard Sherman played for the 49ers last year, and they're saying, you know what, Richard, thank you very much. We're not going to bring you back. Richard Sherman's defensive coordinator Robert Sala is with the Jets. They've not brought him over to the Jets. So Richard Sherman's still sitting out there. Go back and think about what you saw from Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe, two guys that the Carolina Panthers said, you know what, we're good with. And the Cowboys brought them in here. Carolina Panthers didn't have a good defense last year, had new coaching staff, but they said, you know, we don't need these two guys. And the Cowboys just took him and fans just immediately said, yeah, yeah, this is great. Well, guess what? It wasn't. When you start thinking about players who used to be good and what they used to be, uh, what's that line in the wire? No, said uh, the the thing about the old days is them the old days. Yeah, that's Richard Sherman was good. <laughs> Richard Sherman was good in the, in the old days, you know. Back in the day with Seattle, he was good. He's not anymore. So it's time to move on. It's, you need to move on. And to me, I'm, the Cowboys got to move on from trying to think about a Richard Sherman. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I appreciate, truly, I appreciate how you guys come up here on the uh, Players Lounge social media page on Twitter and, and, and get after us with your thoughts. I mean, look, we, we don't want another, you know, Keith Brooking type situation. I mean, Ooh. that was the same situation with Keith Brooking. We brought him in. You know, he was he was he was later on in his years. He wasn't that same Keith Brooking that was in Atlanta. And we brought him in here to Dallas to be the starter. And it, it just didn't pan out. He just wasn't that. Same. He didn't have that explosiveness. He just didn't have it anymore. He was old. And right now, I mean, in Sherman, he's dealt with an Achilles. He's dealt with a calf. He's been he's been injured. And we don't want to add another injury prone guy to an already injury riddled defense. I mean, it, yes. to me, it just doesn't yes. make sense. It doesn't make sense. And we don't want to bark back up that Keith Brooking tree by bringing another injury prone type guy to an injury riddled sure. team as is. Okay, so you just jarred my memory. I was I was looking at they, they had a bunch of photos they were showing of Jimmy Garoppolo video of Jimmy Garoppolo and talking about you know Jimmy was hurt last year, so they showed Jimmy sitting in in, in the box at, at Niner games. Well, Richard Sherman was sitting next to Jimmy for a few games because he was hurt. Too. He was because so, he was hurt. So I, I just don't think you need to bring in a hurt corner. I'm sorry, Richard Sherman fans. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says he wants out from the Green Bay Packers. And uh? I'll say this. I understand. You need help. You'd like to have another receiver besides uh, beside Devontae Adams last year, and they go trade up to take a quarterback, your replacement. And then in the second round, they go draft a running back, and you already have Aaron Jones on the roster. So last year, I look at Green Bay, and I said, man, these are two picks they made that didn't really make sense. They got back to the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers became the MVP. But apparently, Aaron Rodgers feels disrespected by Brian Gutekinds, the general manager of the team, and has said he doesn't want to go back. Packers have said they're not trading Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can decide to go. I'll be the Jeopardy host here. So it's one more quarterback that doesn't want out. Your feeling I mean, on just, this, just, Church, is? I, I think is. I mean, just think about the disrespect right now that, that the Packers are throwing at Aaron Rodgers. A, a, a future yeah. Hall of Famer here. This is a future Hall of Famer, a multiple-time MVP, 
And you're telling me, hey, hey, you're basically saying, hey, man, stay in your lane over there. All right, you're a quarterback. Stay in your lane over here. Let us handle this over right. here. And then Aaron Rodgers is looking around like, man, let me look at let me look at what Tampa Bay's doing. Whatever you need, Tom Brady. What you need? You need all toward, all all our free agents back that had that Super Bowl run. We got you. You need this guy. We got you. You need Antonio Brown. We got you. He's looking at all these other quarterbacks and like, hold on, I'm a Hall of Fame quarterback out here, and y'all treating me with this type of disrespect. I mean, y'all traded up to get Jordan Love to, to basically replace me. And then and then to throw it on top of that, I have an MVP season, and your first pick is on the defensive side of the ball? Now, look, they, they do need a corner because Kevin King was terrible last year in that playoff yes. game against yes. uh, Tampa Bay. Yes. So they, they definitely Thank needed a corner. You. Thank you. But I'm just like, man, I just, man, I, just I can't fathom the way they're disrespecting Aaron Rodgers right now. And I think hey, he has all rights to say, look, I don't even want to go back to Green Bay. Trade me. I think he has all rights to do that. So I'm on Team Rodgers on this one because uh, I just don't think uh, Green Bay is doing him any favors right now. What the GM is doing, these are fireable offenses. And while yes. the NFL is not the NBA, we're talking about a difference-making player. And... I mean, you see Tom Brady, you see Patrick Mahomes, you see Aaron Rodgers. And in my opinion, those are the three that have the leadership, that have the ability to carry. When we're talking about elite quarterback play. These are the elite of the elite, okay? It's those three guys, in my opinion. That's the club. It's those three guys. Rodgers has got... The MVPs in a Super Bowl. Um, Mahomes has an MVP, has a Super Bowl. Brady, more Super Bowls than anybody's ever had, the quarterback position, and the MVPs to go with it. Why would you mess, why would you mess with that? Why would you not try to help that guy out? I go back to Peyton Manning and how blessed he was to have Bill Polian as his general manager with the Colts and then have John Elway as his general manager in Denver. All they did was give that guy pieces. Mm-hmm. Nobody in, in, in the 40 years I've watched football had organizations go out of their way to give them, make sure they had the talent like Peyton Manning had. You just look at first round pick like Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, um, Edrin James, the big tight end from Iowa, Dallas Clark, Dallas Clark, James, uh, Joseph Adai was a first round pick. Donald Brown was a first round pick. Uh, Demarius Thomas was a first round pick in Denver. I mean, all they did was put talent around Peyton Manning. And guess what? It worked. The mm-hmm. sheriff is going in the hall. It, well, he was he was already elected to the Hall of Fame. He set the record with 55 touchdown passes in a year. I mean, we've seen what happens when you give a great elite player help. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, your GM is not getting you help. I get why he's upset. And to me, it's a fireable offense because this is simple to me. I mean, this is really, Aaron, hey, man, um, what you need? Now, the Packers are not a team that usually spends first-round picks on wide receivers. That's not their M.O. It's not what they do. I think Sterling Sharp may have been the last guy they did that to. But, you know, Devontae Adams is a second-round guy. But give your boy some help. You don't sit up here, hey, man, we're going to draft a quarterback. And you got a Hall of Fame guy. Ask, ask what happened to Dan Reeves when he drafted Tommy Maddox while he still had John Elway there. It ended up costing Dan Reeves his job. It ended up costing him his job. They gave it to Wade Phillips. Wade flamed out. Then they gave it to um, uh, Mike Shanahan. And he ended up winning two Super Bowls. But sooner or later, the ownership is going to ki- – they're going to side with the player before they side with the GM, in my opinion. To, and to me, I just don't understand what the, what the, what the whole – 
the whole tension or lack of giving this guy what he wants. I mean, look what he's done with the talent he's had. I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, I mean, Lala Lazard is undrafted free agent. Um, what's, his, what's the other guy's name? Vaquez Scantling? I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. But I believe he was undrafted. I mean, you got Robert Tunya, who I think he was a fifth-round pick. So and, and he's out there with Mercedes Lewis, who's in his 17th year at tight end. So I'm like, I, he's, he's doing all of this. With not getting the 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 best talent in the world, and he's still taking you guys to NFC Championship after NFC Championship, and you're always in contention. Just imagine where you guys would be at if you were able to give this guy a little bit more talent, and uh, that's all he's asking for. And I don't think that's that big of a request for the Green Bay Packers to, to handle. I, you know, I just don't understand it. I remember when Ted Thompson was the general manager, and Aaron Rodgers went to Ted Thompson when Buffalo was getting ready, getting rid of their running back. Um, this guy named Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, and Aaron Rodgers was going. He went to the GM. Please get this guy. I know. I know him from our Cal days. I know Marshawn Lynch. They didn't do it. They did not go mm. get Marshawn Lynch. That was a mistake. Uh, Ladainian Tomlinson told me how the Packers had had uh, pursued him, and he decided to go to the Jets because it was New York, and, and 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 he said that he thought his wife would prefer New York to Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers wanted LT. Aaron Rodgers is kind of smart, okay? I mean, the guy did go to Cal, and I just kind of, yeah. I, I kind of laugh about just these these general managers who don't want to listen to the people who are in the battles. They're on the field. I mean, he's not some weirdo. He's not some guy that can't play. He's a Hall of Fame player. I'm gonna listen to the Hall of Fame player when he says to me, "Hey, this guy can really help us." I don't understand why they won't listen to him. Meanwhile, what do we see in Tampa Bay? You know, they were like, we ain't bringing mm. Antonio Brown. Next thing you know, Antonio Brown is there. And what happened? Antonio Brown caught a touchdown <laughs> right pass. There. And they all wear, they're, they're all wearing rings, all right? They're all wearing. Bruce Arians had a Super Bowl ring. Jason Light, the GM, has a Super Bowl ring. So they finally got around to doing it Tom Brady's way. Ooh, they're Super Bowl champs. I don't mm-hmm. get it, man. There's certain players you should listen to. And Aaron Rodgers didn't feel like he, 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 he was able to get his message to Green Bay, so he wants out. And it's a shame, man. It, it true, it's a shame if that guy does not retire a Green Bay Packer. If you watch him with another uniform, the way you saw Brett Favre at the end playing mm. for the Jets and the Vikings, um, that's going to be sad because this, is, this was avoidable, okay? The Brett thing I got, he kept threatening, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire. Finally, he said, yeah, we go draft Aaron Rodgers. And he was like, I don't know. And they're like, man, we tired of you not knowing. So Brett caused that one. The Packer organization has made this a mess. Facts. All facts. So the Cowboys don't have that issue because they've got a quarterback who, who, who's tied up here um, long term. And the head coach likes the quarterback. The owner likes the quarterback. The executive vice president, he likes the quarterback. So luckily, the Cowboys don't have that. But what they need to give the quarterback is some defensive help. So today, I'm looking for the Cowboys to address more defense. They need to get a corner. Probably got to get the corner quick. They need the safety. In a perfect world, if they could find a way to use one of these third-round picks and go get Trayvon Merrick, TCU, that would be pretty fun. It'd be pretty cool. Or go get Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. I'd love to see them get one of these one of these productive players. It's going to be fun to see, Church. Can't wait to see uh, what happens tonight, man. My eyes will be glued to the television watching NFL Network for sure. 
I mean, it ain't nothing else to do. It's raining outside. I can't golf, so I might as well enjoy the draft. I'll be sitting at the house waiting to see what these picks come with the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully, it's uh, what we, we just said. Hopefully, it's Baltimore. Hopefully, it's the kid from TCU, and we get a solid corner in there to go ahead and uh, back up some of these guys in the depth in the secondary, but we need it. We need defensive help, and uh, hopefully, we get it here in the second and third round. And, and also, I'll throw out offensive tackle. I think that you know, where, where their board is, I don't know. But I could see a, a, an offensive tackle, and we spoke about that as well. There are some good tackles that are out here. I don't expect the kid from Notre Dame um, to, to be there. Um, but they got choices, man. And, and that's uh, Liam Eichenberg. That's, that's, the, that's the kid's name. Uh, Taven Jenkins yeah. from Oklahoma State. There's some players out there. Um, Walker Little says 6'7", 313, 19 starts. All 19 starts came at left tackle over at Stanford. There are players that the Cowboys can add at the tackle spot who fit the profile so they can have some insurance for Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and not just having Ty Nasecki out there. So I, I think <laughs> I expect them to do that. Mike McCarthy even said that he expected them in this draft to walk away with some offensive line help. So these are things to look out for. But it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, Chris Beam, our producer. Chris has worked hard all week. A lot of shows, a lot of stuff going down here. I cannot thank him enough for his professionalism. I mean, this guy's been working for the Cowboys for over two decades, man. He and his brother have been doing great stuff. So, Chris, I appreciate your church, man. Thank you for the knowledge. You know, you play safety, you always come with it. And for Cowboy fans uh, who are down on Micah Parsons, I simply say this, go back and check out the productivity. This guy can play. The Cowboys got a player who's productive. The corners weren't there. I think feel like they did the thing that they needed to do, picked up a third-round pick. Hey, everybody, that's the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. Appreciate Bose for the headphones. We'll chat with you next Friday right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!